Um, let's pray for the word today. Father, we just thank you today for this opportunity, God, that we've gathered in your place today. We ask that everything that we speak, everything that we do, that it glorifies you, that you will get the glory out of our life. God, we submit our gifts back to you. God, we want to give you a good return on your investment in our life. And we've learned over these last couple of weeks that we are your biggest investment, that you look into our future every day, no matter what has happened in, by our past or behind us. That's why we press toward this mark every day, to build your kingdom here in this earth, to show the world how good of a God you are. And God, we are so grateful today, and we ask that you would speak to our spirits so that we will become speaking spirits. And so, God, I ask that the words that will come from my mouth, the motives of my heart, Lord, that they will be acceptable unto you. I ask that you will feed me on my feet as well. Give me clarity of your words so that lives will be touched, challenged, changed, never the same. And God, I'm so grateful for every listening ear in this room. I pray that they have an ear and online, that they will have an ear to hear what you, the Spirit of the Lord, has to say. And so, God, we're grateful, thankful for your word today. Why? Because it's your word that makes us new, your word that teaches us about you. So make it clear and make it plain. In Jesus' name, would you shout with me, amen. Amen. Give God one more praise today. That's good. That's good. All right, let's jump right into this. I got a few minutes. I got about 30 minutes and 15, 14, 13, 12 seconds. All right. Amen. Y'all know what time it is. Let me see them what? Amen. I know last Sunday we did the Super Bowl wave on that Bible. Let me try that again. Let me see the Bible. Let me see the Bible. There we go. I love that. I will do one more time. Going back that way. Going back that way. Going back that way. All right. Make sure you got your weapon in hand. I love it. Love it. Amen. That was a good game last Sunday, wasn't it? Oh, man. Amen. Amen. My team didn't win, but I win regardless of the losses I faced along the way. I don't care what they do. I, I, we still win. Uh, amen. Would y'all give it up for our amazing ushers as they readjust themselves? They are always working diligently every day to serve y'all in every way. And so I'm grateful for them every time they stand up. Man, they give it all they got every chance they get. And so um, I acknowledge their presence and um, just their efforts every day. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. All right. Um, they already see that God bless you. Amen. Wonderful. Well, let's jump right into this thing. I've been just talking over this year. We've been declaring more in 2024. Um, but one of the things that I want you all to know, I want us all to recognize, is that we are made for more. Somebody shout, I am made for more. So in this year, we started off this year at the beginning of the year about talking, um, uh, uh, talking about more wisdom. You know, one of the things before we get started, before we got going this year, we wanted to acknowledge not only God's presence and his power in our life, but also the anointing that he has given us to connect with him and the wisdom that he brings into our life. And so the wisdom of God will allow us to make better choices and decisions because what we don't want to have is more enter our life and then not be able to operate in the wisdom to keep and to connect with those things that God has blessed us with. Because the worst thing that can happen in our life is that we get more but not possess the wisdom to keep more. Amen? Because you can give somebody, get, get your three-year-old the keys to your car and see how wise they are at driving. 
That would be an unwise decision to give someone who has not been qualified or have understood the, the, the things that have been put into their possessions. And so one of the things we first looked at was more wisdom. Somebody shout more wisdom. And so we're not going to spend time there. You can go back and get that. But now we're moving as of last week into another area of this series. And I want to talk about, this is week number two. We started last week, the first Sunday, and now, well, the second Sunday. And now I want to move into this subject called more power. Somebody shout more power. Now I hope that last week you walked away from this moment um, uh, inspired maybe changed in a way of understanding that greater is he that's within you than he that is in the world. Who is the other he? It's the enemy that operates in this world every day to try to strip us of the power that God has possessed us with. And I discovered something, y'all, about the power of God. The power of God is not necessarily is, uh, for us to be using it on people, but to use it against the enemy. That's what the power, that's what the Holy Spirit that God has given us is not to show off in front of people with. But it's really to recognize those principalities and those powers and those evil things in the high and low, low places, the rulers of the darkness and the unseen world. Because if you only use your power for carnal fights, you'll fail. And so, so many times as believers, we, we can walk around strong and we look like we're strong, but many times we can be spiritually weak. As soon as we're going through, we fall apart. As soon as something happens in our life, man, we lose it. Because God is always trying to build our spiritual strengths. So that when the enemy comes in like a flood, you'll have the strength to raise up the standard. So the standard is what you know already and what God has already spoken because sometimes when the enemy attacks us or come up against us, it may not, you may not have time to go find a scripture or Google something. Amen. I wish there was an opportunity to say, hold on for a second. <laughs> Problems come, like, hold on, let me find out how to deal with this. But somebody, I need you to understand that God has already possessed you with the power. And if you can gain some understanding, I'm telling you, this may even, uh, I'm, I'm not ever, my goal is never to offend, but it is to convict. To cause us to see within ourselves what God has really purposed in us to do so that we'll do it and operate in the power that God has possessed. Every believer, the moment that you gave Jesus Christ your heart, and if, just in case you have not understood that, at the end of this service, we're going to give you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, but for every, for every professing believer, I need for you to understand, operate, and move in the power that God has possessed you with. Now, I want you to turn in your Bible. I'm going to spend some time here today. I may not get through all of this today, but we got some time. I'm in a series, so whatever God leads us to, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 4. We're going to talk, start here today. We ended off somewhere last week about how God has given us the power to trample over serpents and scorpions. But here I want to talk about something a little bit different because as we start this year out, we're still in the beginning of this year. We're in the first month and a half. And I want to go back to a very familiar story and hopefully I can bring some great clarity to this moment about really discussing the start of Jesus' ministry. 
how this thing kicked off, how this thing happened, the one that we believe in and who we believe we gain power from, we got to kind of see where this power started, how it progressed, how it developed, and how so many ways that the enemy tried to come and strip us of it. And if you start recognizing some of these things, I promise you, you'll grow in the power of God. So as you turn, you can, you can stay there. I'm, I'm going to kind of jump around that chapter, and I'm going I'm, I'm to share some stories. You could, I, I'll give you an opportunity to maybe read some stuff later, but most, um, maybe some of these stories you may be familiar with, so I don't have to necessarily bring it up on the screen for you to read the scripture, but I will reference it, and I want you to read it for yourself, so you don't always, you don't have to ever take past the word for it. I want you to read it for yourself as well. Amen. And so as I looked at this chapter four of Luke, I was just, um, one of, a favorite story of mine because it's right after Jesus' baptism. Now, I know this is, this is kind of cool, right? Because a lot of time when people get saved, that's when they think life is about to get easy. I wish I could tell you that the moment you got baptized, man, it's going to turn out. You're going to walk out of this water and they're going to be smooth sailing. But anybody gave you that life or got baptized and then all hell broke loose? When you decided to fulfill your purpose in God, because you weren't no threat to the devil, I tell you, if the enemy is not bothering you, it is probably because you're going the same way he is. If he ain't coming against your life, it's because you're, he already got you. I tell you all the time, what you have entertained has already influenced you. You may think, you no, if the enemy is not coming, to some, coming against your life, trying to try, kind of cause you to say something different, do something different, think a different way, this is a sign, this will be a sign to every believer that I probably is doing something that God wants me to do, and the enemy is trying to keep me from doing it and trying to divert me or cause me to abort my mission before I really understand what God is truly trying to do. And I promise you there's a few witnesses in the room that, was, that can testify that they are so glad they did not quit when the devil brought up trials against them. They, they, they're so glad that they would not be here today, but that, that trial taught them something and it made them a better believer. But it's not always the case. And this is going to be, this, this, this series is kind of, this, this segment is talking about power, so it ain't going to come from a weak place. We got to push it there. We got to promote it, and we got to make sure we proclaim this thing. And so, as I looked at this, this is Jesus. This is one of the first. Uh, uh, if you read the third chapter of Luke, you'll see even third in the synoptic gospels. You'll see it in Matthew and Mark as well, and you'll see how this was the moment that Jesus was baptized, and it was one of the very few times, actually only one of three times in Scripture, where you see the total Trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit operating at the same time. And this is for the those persons that may not believe that there's a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you got to explain what this Bible really talking about if you're going to tell me that there isn't a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And because this Bible definitely lets us know in the third chapter of Luke that God descended like a dove as way of Holy Spirit and spoke out of his mouth and said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. That's what the Bible says. And so I want you to understand this because as soon as this happened, you see that that spirit that God acknowledged in chapter 3, when we get to verse number 1 in chapter 4, then that same spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness. This is the star of Jesus' ministry 
where the spirit of God, the capital spirit, led him into the wilderness, hear this, to be tempted of the devil. Oh, my God. There's some situations in your life that the enemy is attacking you in that God actually led you in. He led you. There's something. Because the word test and the word tempt comes from the same Greek word prove. In other words, when God leads you into a test where the enemy will tempt you, it's an opportunity for God to be proven in you. There's some things that if it's not tested, it's not proven. You can tell me you come here all day until a trial happened in your life and I don't see you for a few Sundays. Okay, amen. I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I can say this, not to, not to mess with you, but to talk to you about how the enemy operates in a way to try to get you to, I don't know who's calling me, it ain't Jesus. Amen. Uh, <laughs> he, he on this line right here. He's on this, on this one. Amen. That's what happened. When we face those trials, not of, of just some kind, but the Bible talks about of many kind, they are designed to complete us, to perfect us, to cause us to not lack anything. So anytime I'm facing something, I'm always trying to find out, God, what area in my spiritual walk that I may be lacking in? Because God is always trying to grow you. Somebody shout, God is trying to grow me. So when I looked at this text, it describes the development, hear this, and the demonstration of Jesus' authority and his power. It shows the initial, before this time, Jesus wasn't doing too much. He was, he was a carpenter's son. Well, he's a carpenter. He was Joseph's and Mary's son. And here's this moment. He did a few baptisms and a few miracles. And then he now gets baptized by John the Baptist. And immediately God sends him out into the wilderness to test him, to prove his power. And this is important, y'all, because this is the development and the demonstration of the authority that God has given us and how he did it through Jesus. Because this passage takes place at the start, shortly after he began to perform miracles. And the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. And I say this because this is so important. I was thinking about this for a second. I say, you know, why was this so important? And I had to pause for a second because I said, why was this wilderness so important? And, and when, it, when you look at Jesus, um, some people will refer to Jesus as the second Adam. Y'all heard that term before? But it's actually the last Adam. See, Adam in the garden the same, had dominion. Over the one of the first things that God gave mankind was dominion. Y'all remember that, right? An enemy came in and stripped it. When he caused mankind to disobey God, he stripped away man's power. Man had power to call that thing that was not. That's a donkey. That's a giraffe. That's that. He had dominion. That means he had authority over the entire earth. That's why Satan became the prince of this world. That's why you'll see later on in this chapter how he was able to offer Jesus himself the world from the mountaintop, the world and his splendor. And if you look at your life a lot of times, one of the first things that gets us distracted from the will of God is when the enemy offers us the world. More likes and more, you know what I'm saying, people do anything for likes these days. All the enemy does is strip away your authority because you can't be accepting what the enemy is offering you and walking God's power at the same time. 
You cannot. It's impossible. And so when I thought about this, I said, well, what, 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 why, why would God do this and why, what is happening? Because if you look in the beginning, man had perfect conditions and failed God. He was in a garden, plush, rivers and everything. And so God said, when I, when I do it right this time, I'm going to send my son in the wilderness. He's not going to have all the conveniences. Because what happens a lot of times, you saw in the beginning when Adam failed, he had every convenience in front of him and still did not obey God and was stripped of his power. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So now you see Jesus in the desert where he don't have, he don't have no fruit trees. No rivers and lush. He was starving and fasting and hungry. So God is describing this. This is why this is so important, y'all, because he had to take him into an environment that really proved that, do you say that? Do you really believe who I am? Do you really believe that what I put in you is worth protecting? So this passage puts us that because one of the first things he said, and so look at verse number one. So y'all won't take my word for it. I just want you to see it. It says, Jesus. Now this is important, right? Because he comes out of baptism. He goes into Luke chapter four, verse number one. It says, Jesus, look at this, y'all. He wasn't partly, he wasn't partly possessed by the spirit of God. It says, Jesus, full of what? The Holy Spirit left the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the what? Wilderness. Why? Where for 40 days he was tempted by the who? Do y'all believe the devil real? I know that I know I said this last Sunday because I know modern day church don't believe that there's a real devil out there. We got to the point where we don't like to say his we we act like we scared his name. But how many know we got power over every scorpion, every serpent, every demon, every devil? Amen. Because if you don't acknowledge it, that's probably why he's running rapid in your house. And we're ignoring him instead of dealing with him. The Bible don't say if you entertain the devil, he's going to flee. It says when you what? Resist him. That means put up a force against him that say that you can't live here. <laughs> you can't say that. You can't do that here. And so what happened is this, in, in this moment, he's led to this witness to be tempted of Satan, the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them days, he was hungry. Now, I ain't got to say this whole story. Y'all know that he, he, he I'm taking Jesus, he said, you know, turn this stone into bread. Y'all know the story. And then Jesus said, well, man should not live by bread alone, but by every." He said, he didn't say anything. He says, it is written, which is so important, y'all, because if you don't know what is written when Satan tempts you, you don't know what to say. Well, I think. He didn't say that. Because that's what, that what happens when the enemy tempts you at your most vulnerable state. You can't tell him what you think. You got to tell him what thus saith the Lord. Well, I think my grandmama told me back in 1983 that if, it, if you don't know, so look, look at your neighbor and say, if you don't know the word for yourself, when the devil comes to tempt you, Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I told you it wasn't going to be an easy one, but y'all you you got about 12 more minutes to hear me. So he took, so he took him on the mountaintop, and Jesus quoted Deuteronomy chapter 3. He started telling him, man, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds or comes from the mouth of God. And then later on in the story, and then he takes him up to a mountaintop, and he shows him 
what he ripped from Adam. The world and its splendor, the, the Bible says. He said, if you just bow down to me. And Jesus did let him know what was up right there. And he took him to another. And, 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 and notice this in the text. And when you, when you read it later, you'll see that Jesus, God led him to the wilderness, but the devil led him every other place. God led him into the wilderness, but when God put him there, the devil led him to the mountain. He led him over here, and he says, you know, if you jump off of this mountaintop, that, that, the, the, that God said that he would not allow your foot uh, to hit against the stone. And here's Jesus said, look, tell him again, it's written that you should not tempt the Lord thy God. And I'm just sharing this as, a, as, as you can read it, it's, it's all right there. And so this is what happens in this moment that this is important. And, and here's the question. I'm, 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 like, I'm just kind of sharing this because power isn't permitted to be used out of purpose. Amen. It, 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 it's not for you. It's for the edification of who God is. Power isn't permitted to be used out of purpose but to defeat the wiles of the enemy. You'll see this later on in the text that the power that you actually have should not ever be used out of purpose. It's used to defeat the enemy that will come in your life. Why was Jesus tempted? Somebody say, why? He did this. This is why Jesus was tempted. And this is why we're tempted. But the reason why in the text Jesus was tempted, he was tempted to prove that no matter how much power you have, you still have to ask the Father for permission. Amen to that somebody. I don't, care how, I, I don't care how much authority we think we walk around in, before we operate in the God-given power, we got to always ask him for permission. Jesus showed us, this, the reason why he was tempted, because God, the enemies were trying to, I tell you this all the time, one of the devil's tricks is to get us to use or to accept what God has promised us out of turn. If he could get you to do it on his terms, he know that you'll use your power out of your purpose. And what happens is that as soon as you use your power, that's what he did in the beginning. He told mankind, if you eat of this fruit, you will be like the gods. Not realizing they were already made in his image. He said, you'll see good and evil. You'll know right from wrong. And he was telling the truth. But it wasn't their truth to be revealed to them because God has already told them that if you eat this, you'll surely die. Just a few verses prior, and then all of a sudden they just had an epiphany like God was lying to them because the enemy presented to them again what God has already promised them to accept it on his terms. And anytime we use our power out of God's permission, we'll operate out of purpose. There's no, there's no bigger difference between the prophet and the psychic. People, I was driving, we was in California, I saw this whole, y'all remember Cleo? Tell me y'all used to call her, huh? <laughs> call me on my line, too. One day, some of y'all used to do that. <laughs> Amen. Because we as Christians, we dabble. I meet Christians who be burning sage. Up. <laughs> They be like, well, God, if they don't work over here, I got this remedy. And then they start claiming, I'm spiritual. 
No, you operate. Okay, okay. I got the I got the incense over here. The war all spirits. No, you got more power in your tongue. Y'all hear what I'm just saying? I I I, I got some. Good, some of y'all finna throw away them incense today when you get home. Like, Lord, I've been burning sage, running all over my house trying to sanctify. All you need is some holy oil. Amen. And a word. <laughs> Amen. And so what happened is that we got Christians that are dibbling, dabbling. They're playing Holy Ghost hopscotch. They're back and forth. Because what, what the enemy does is to try to get, and what happens is that if we operate out of purpose, we'll walk around powerless. So that's why Jesus was tempted, because he, he wants us to know that Jesus was God in the flesh, and no matter how powerful he was, you still got to ask God for permission. Jesus always did what it took to please the Father. Somebody shout, I got to do what it takes to please the Father. See, that, that's what your power does. When, you see, when God sees you operate in your fullness, man, it pleases him. Anybody that got kids and you see kids operate the way you showed them, you be like, man, I'm pleased with them. I, 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 I stopped telling my kids I'm proud of them. I say, I'm pleased with you. That's, that's a God term. They said, because I don't need you to keep trying to do stuff to make me happy. When you do what you're just supposed to do, I'm pleased with that. Because what happened is that when you understand, when you please God, it'll keep you from performing in front of him. You know, a lot of times we come to church, we perform in power, but not operate in it. Because some of y'all, soon y'all hear somebody say, shout out to you're like, oh, they saved, they saved, they got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I, 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 I done seen, I, I done seen it in church. I've been in church my whole life. Soon as somebody starts doing something so that, that, that seems spiritual and powerful, we gravitate to them and we'll walk away from the per person that seems like they just walking in authority. And Jesus shows us that his power, which is meekness, it, which is power under control, that is not always a performance, but it's purpose power. Amen. And so this is, um, um, and so he exposes, so, he, he, so he, he did this for a few reasons. He's also, uh, he, he was also tempted to expose the tactics of the enemy and to reveal to us how we should overcome temptation. So in this text, when you read it, it reveals how the enemy try to come at you. The reason why Jesus was tempted was to show us, man, let me show you how the enemy will come at you all kind of ways. How many know the enemy know what you like? Amen, <laughs> Amen to that. But you ain't got to keep falling for it. See, the scripture told us that he's going he gonna to show up at your most vulnerable times when you're starving. Some of y'all are thirsty. <laughs> starving for attention. Dehydrated. And what happened in that vulnerability, most people will accept whatever comes to satisfy them. Some of y'all are still in those relationships right now. <laughs> Coming out of hurt and pain. Starving for attention. And what happens is that you end up in a situation that, I'm telling you, it'll, it'll mess your life up. And the enemy loves to come and attempt us at our places of starvation. So that's why Jesus was tempted, y'all, because he, the enemy wanted to rip him of his power. So he had to get him in a position and a place where he was most vulnerable. And then he started offering him stuff. 
Man, I, you know, I was, I was looking at uh, something. I, I tried to pass through the internet. And I said, man, people don't want to work no more. And I, I said, why are all these people on Instagram? Because they're looking for somebody to take care of them. They don't want to go out and make a hard-earned living no more. So they'll give away their souls, their power for possessions. For that bag, for that money. Amen. Some people ain't pursuing God's purpose because they're chasing that dollar. I got to go get it, not realize that God shall supply all of your needs. According to his riches, you, I promise you, you can work till your bones start showing. And you still won't be able to provide for yourself if God doesn't do it. And what happens is that possession, that's, it, Jesus was tempted for the fact to show us that man, the enemy don't come up with nothing new. He's not a creator, he's a manipulator. That's all he does is manipulate the creations of this world, turn them around, put thoughts in our minds that cause us to accept things because as soon as we accept things, we begin, what happens is that we end up giving away power. Before I even get into this, man, my time, I don't know how that clock keep moving so fast. Y'all feel it? That be just going like it's just sped up. Jesus. And the reason why this is important, I, I, I got to share this because as we move in, because this temptation that we read here, I told you it was the start of Jesus' ministry, it prepared him to be our high priest. What, what does that mean? See, Jesus had to do this to get himself in position so that when we're going through, we can go to him. Amen. How many know when you're going through, you can go to Jesus? See, if he, if he didn't pass this test, he would not be the person we can go to. You say, God, anybody had to do that this week? God, help me through this right here. I'm about to go through something right now. I already know you've already overcome death, hell, and the grave. You already overcame this world. So can you get me through this circumstance right now? Because sometimes you can do things without asking him and end up in a mess. So Jesus went through these things to show us not only to reveal to us the tactics of the enemy, but also to position himself as the person that we can go to when we got problems. Oh, you can could, you could, you could, you could have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your problems. He'll hear your what? Faintest cry. He'll answer? Okay, all right, all right. We got a few church folks in here. Hear a little prayer where it's turning. Know that fire burning. Just a little talk. See, if Jesus didn't prove himself, we couldn't go to him. And this is why there's no temptation that has come unto man that we don't have the power to overcome. Y'all hear what I'm saying? The power to overcome. I told you, your power ain't for people. It's to fight off the wiles of the enemy that comes up against us every day that calls us to question our Christianity and our calling. Make us feel like we're not worthy to do this. Anybody felt like that before? Like, I don't feel like I don't, I'm supposed to do this, man, because of all the stuff that's going on. God said, man, I got something in you. If you keep serving me and walking with me, when my power manifests itself, it's going to do something in your life that you couldn't do. It's going to remove all of those things. You're going to see what I've been talking about the whole time. And I'm so grateful that you did not give up in the midst of that thing and you operated in your power. So this is why we come to Jesus for help. 
to overcome the enemy. We have our, at our disposal the same power that Jesus used when he faced them. That's what I want you to know, y'all. As believers, we operate in the same power that Jesus used in this scripture. That every time we face the enemy, we have that same power. The only difference is that we got to remember to guard our dominion. That's the only difference between Adam in the luscious garden and Jesus in this desert. Is that one just, just put their dominion on the line and, and lost it. And Jesus just decided to live by what God said already. Adam, if you look at it in the beginning, he had everything from God. If you read the text, God told him a whole lot of stuff. The same with Jesus. He shared with him, this is what thus said the Lord, and only one decided to guard their dominion. How many of the enemy is always after your dominion? Because when you operate in your dominion, the devil's defeat is imminent. Like when you operate in it, he can't get you. He can't defeat you. So what he does, he creates tactics. That's why I told you about that serpent last week. It wasn't the one that bite, it's the one that talk. Enemy knows that if you stay in your dominion, he can't defeat you. But if he can talk you out of it, amen. Y'all know, know some folks that can talk a good game but can't, can't, can't bust a great? You know, they, they be talking, they, they, they call the internet. They be saying all kind of stuff on the internet. <laughs> Y'all know, don't, don't, they be bad behind that screen. That's how they, they talk. They, that's how they, be. but if you ever get in front of them, amen, some folks some been talking about you. As soon as you roll up at the work, you be looking at them, they, 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 they ain't saying nothing about you. Because most of the time, they ain't going to face you face to face. Most of your enemies won't talk about you in your face. They'll say a whole lot of stuff outside of your face. What happened is that you can let what they say out of your face determine whether or not you, what you're going to do. Because some people have let what people say outside of their face bother them, break them. So even when they saw the person, they had no power. That's what enemy does. He just talk. He shares He's trying to tempt you and talk you out of purpose, and he uses temptation to break us. But God uses the same experience to build us. That's what you're going to see out the, throughout this text. Is that in the same, I'm just preaching two verses right now. That when you look at that temptation, the same thing that the enemy will use to break you, God can take that same experience to build you up. Somebody say, Amen to that. Because some of y'all was almost, some of us, let me put that, I got to just include myself. Some of us was almost broken, but now we're sitting around built up, stronger than we ever been. Because it haven't been for that breaking, man. I'm telling you, some of us would not have been poured out. The anointing that's on our life would not be what it is if that breaking didn't come. What happens a lot of time, man, with God, he, he wants us to understand that we are stronger than what we really are. Now, I want to kind of just shift this a little bit because when I looked at I, I try to explain that temptation because this is so important when we understand the power that's going to be manifested because this is what happens at the end of that temptation the Bible says that the, that Satan left Jesus but he didn't just leave him what did he say he said he was going to return at a what opportune time oh y'all gonna get this one in a second 
Oh, man, this is, every time I read the Bible, I'm like, Lord, what you saying? He left him for a season. He said, I left him for a moment. But the, the Bible didn't leave us like hanging. He said that Satan said, I will come back at an opp uh, 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 so opportune time, meaning that what I just tried wasn't the perfect timing. He said, now I'm, I'm, I'm sitting back watching you. There's some folks in your life watching you, waiting for you to fail. They be like, oh. soon they do that, I'm going to jump in there. But they don't realize how much power you're building up right now. You'll see in the text how Jesus did this thing. Because Satan was looking for the opportune. He left him. And sometimes they'll feel like the enemy moved away from you. And you'll think he's gone. No, he's just waiting for another opportunity. He said, you know what? I miscalculated the last time I came against them. He said, but what I'm doing, I'm going to step back. I'm going to calculate this thing. I'm going to keep track of their problems even, even if they don't. I'm going to look at their situation. And I'm looking for an opportune time. And this is so important because as soon as, if you look at the text, after you get through those verses, you get around verse number 12, you'll see that Jesus left out of temptation and went instantly in from temptation to rejection. Instantly, right? He come out of this temptation, he come out of being tempted of the devil, and then all of a sudden, he got this power again. If you read verse number 12, I think it's somewhere number 12, somewhere number, matter of fact, let's go down to 14. It says, after this, what happened is that Jesus went from temptation to rejection. It says, Jesus, verse number 14, Jesus returned to Galilee, look at this, in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. So this is right after him, right in verse number 12 and 13, you'll see that the enemy was waiting for an opportune time. And then Jesus left from that moment of temptation. Now he got all of this power. So verse number one said he will fill the Holy Spirit because I feel like I realize that you can have the Spirit of God living in you and not the power. Power has to be proven because as soon as you gave Jesus your heart, you got the, you, the Holy Spirit lived in you. But not every believer that have made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, and according to Romans chapter 8, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, but not every believer that is walking around with the Spirit of God has recognized the power. It comes through the temptation and the testing that the enemy takes you through. Now you see in verse number 14, not only does he have the Holy Spirit full of it, now he's full of power. This is important, y'all. This is so important. Because we got believers. That's why we got believers. Y'all got the Spirit. You know what God got for us. But so many has not been tempted to the point where their power has been produced. And this is important, y'all, because this is what happened. He went right from temptation to rejection. First of all, he went, he said, in verse 15, he said he was teaching in the synagogues, and everyone did what? Praised him. Now, this is important, y'all, because this is, because it don't sound like rejection. But if you keep reading on in 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, he starts saying stuff. In verse number 18, I think right there he says that the Lord has anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Now, this is what he, okay, okay, okay. Man, my brain just be going for this. Because people, people like for you to have power as long as you don't talk about it. Amen. They, they, they don't mind you walking around with anointing on your life, but as soon as you start saying stuff, that going, hold on, hold on. Why are you saying that? Just what Jesus said, verse 10, he says, the, the, the spirit of the Lord is on me. 
because he has anointed me to proclaim the gospel or the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed or the captive free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And them folks started looking at him like, what? And that's when Jesus later on said that, man, it's no good for a prophet to come back to his hometown. He got rejected by his own people. Sometimes, man, it'll be the people in your life that's supposed to accept you that will reject you. Amen to that somebody. Sometimes you go around the same people that was praising you one moment, as soon as you start operating in your power, you start, amen. It was good, it was good when you were just walking around saved. <laughs> but when you start operating that power, they, like, they start looking at you like, what you up to now? Are you better than me? Or you think you got more than I got? Or you, and all of a sudden you start feeling like, whoa. You so salty? Haters in the house? Before hate to talk about what God, hate for you to talk about what God is really doing in your life. Who, it's, it's, when you start recognizing what God is doing, you'll start saying it. And you'll start seeing how people will respond to it. Everybody don't like what God is doing in your life. Amen. Everybody does not, will not celebrate the magnitude of what God has possessed you with. And so that's what in verse 24 he says, truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. Y'all got that verse number 24? I just want y'all to pop these notes saying, I'm going to finish this off next week because I'm already out of time. Jesus! Because I find out, man, sometimes people won't appreciate your power. So Jesus left Nazareth. This is important, y'all. And then he set up shop. Anybody like to set up shop? He set up shop in Capernaum. This is important. Now, now I say these stories because every time I read the Bible, I have to put myself in context and geographical context because it's so, so important because y'all remember when um, Jesus fed the 5,000 with two fish, five loaves of bread? No, he was in Philip's country. So Jesus went to familiar places. So he left his own country and he went to Andrew, uh, um, James, uh, John, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew's country. This is Capernaum. So in verse number 31, this we're going to pick up at, Jesus then goes to Capernaum and set up shop there. This is important, y'all, because I'm, I'm going to teach this. I'm going to start this next week. That was like a whole lot of stuff I just shared there. And so in verse number 31, he left Capernaum, went to the home of Peter, James, John, and Andrew, and verse 31, I'm going to read these verses. I'm going to pick back up. I'm going to teach this on next week so y'all know where I'm at. It says, then he went down to Capernaum. So he went from the temptation to the rejection. Now he done set up new shop. Now this is important, y'all. I need y'all to hear this because this is when the devil saw an opportune time. This is when Jesus went from what? The very thing that tempted, I, 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 I just have to prophesy this to somebody, that the very thing that once tempted you, you will have triumph over. Amen. Somebody shout, the very thing that once tempted me, you will, I will have triumph over. That's what Jesus is showing us right now. You had to go through those stages. Temptation, rejection, not triumph. 
Enemy saw another. He said, man, he done went through the rejection, temptation. Man, he's vulnerable right now. And they may throw something else at him. And he said, this is the opportunity. Could we, could, could we never see through the text. And without time, we read that opportune time. But we got to see it. You got to see, this is exposing the schemes of the enemy and shows us how our power is so important in the lives of so many of us. What happens is when Jesus went down to Capernaum, I'm right there again, a town in Galilee, on the Sabbath, he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had, what, authority. Man, man, there's something about when you go through some stuff, how your words change. Oh, my God, I'm telling you the truth, y'all. That, man, your authority, your power begin to change when God has taken you through some stuff. Man, you speak different. You proclaim. Your confidence level turn up a little bit. There's certain things in my life right now, I don't care what the devil brings. I got so much power that it used to shake me. It used to make me mess up. It used to mess my mind up. But now it's like, God, I dare the devil to try me now. And some of us in this room, I promise you, and even online, if the devil really tried you, you'll run. But I want you to operate in power. And this is what happened. They said, I see something different. I see something different in him. They were amazed. Now they're walking in this amazement at his teacher because his word had power. And the reason why, because his word has power because the, fact that the Pharisees and the scribes were just pacifying them. The historical data is to bring out the scripture and they used to say, well, this is what it said. This is what's going to keep you in bondage. This is what, because that's what the, the, the 633 laws were geared to do, is to keep people bound. But now they hear Jesus speaking in the same synagogue as the scribes and the, and the, and the Pharisees, and they say, hold on, this word sounds different. This word ain't pacifying. This word has authority and power. It says, in the synagogue, this is so crazy, y'all. This is so crazy. It says, in the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon. An impure spirit. I ain't got enough time to teach this today. I'm going to read it so you'll know what I'm coming back to. An impure, he cried out at the top of his voice, go away. What do you want with, not me, but what do you want with us? Jesus of Nazareth? Oh. Did he just leave Nazareth? His, his people in his hometown didn't even recognize him. But this devil did. He knew exactly where he was from. He said, Jesus of Nazareth, you have come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. I know, I know, I know who you are. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. Okay. Hey, hey, the, the devil don't want to leave you right. He usually want to leave your life messed up until God's power speak over you. It's important. It's important. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, stop, Eric. Stop, stop. Just read it. Just read it. Just read it. All the people were amazed and said to each other, what words these are, which authority, with authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. And the news, somebody shout the news. This was uh, social media. 
I'm going to talk about that next week. This is, this is Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that, right? In that, that one word news? And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding areas. Amen? There's a few things I'm going to talk about next week. The power in teaching. The power over the possessed. And power in the press. Amen? When Jesus does it, everybody's going to talk about it. Amen. I, I, I know y'all want me to go, but if I, we'll be here to lunch after lunch. And so I'm grateful. Man, can y'all?